All right. Welcome back to the Batflip Podcast. This is episode two. Uh, how you doing, Matt? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Hey, I'm doing all right. You know, just another week living the life. I hear you. Hey, so on today's episode, we kind of want to hit, uh, kind of just go over the past week, how the standings are looking. Um, we got some big topics, uh, Cespedes up and out. We got some injuries, some rule changes, uh, players of the week, and sort of what happened today as we recorded this on 8-9, uh, what happened between the Astros and the A's. Oh boy, ready to get into it. <laughs> Alrighty, well, let's get into it. Let's uh, let's start with the standings recap and kind of what we've seen over the last week of, of how teams have been doing. Yeah, so uh, the AL East, uh, we'll start out looking at like the Yankees are a team to beat there, of course. Um, the Rays have had a pretty good week, um, or end of the week, with a good series against the Yankees after struggling for a while. Um, the Orioles are still hanging in there, and tied for second place with the Rays, 7-7. Uh, seven and seven. Um, then the Red Sox has been a struggle so far, and the Blue Jays uh, had a have had a struggle, um, you know, all year so far. Five and eight, they're yeah. still kind of there. Nobody's out of it in the, in the AL East yet. So that's yeah, and they good. all had really mediocre weeks. I mean, three of them went five and five in their last ten, and and uh, the Rays and Blue Jays went four and six in their last ten. So they're all yeah. pretty much right about the same, playing close to five hundred baseball. Yep, and it's disappointing for the for for the Yankees after their series against the Red Sox past weekend, um, for for to go five and five in their last ten. I mean, they haven't had a great week, and um, so that that's been a little rough for them, and that, you know, especially against the division opponent like the Rays. So yeah, so let's move on to the AL Central um, with the Twins and the Tigers. I mean, they're both six and four this week, and the Tigers have been a really surprise. I mean, look at they're eight yeah, and five, the half game back. Tigers have been interesting. Um, they've got, you know, they're not going to stay there, but they've had a good start to the season. Um, I saw Spencer Turnbull put in a great outing today, seven innings, I believe he's seven innings, a shutout ball. Um, and then the, uh, the twins are the class of that division and don't sleep on the Indians completely. Um, the Indians are, uh, have a couple of really good pitchers, Mike Clevenger and uh, obviously Shane Bieber has been incredible so far this year. Um, but their lineup's a little bit better than you think. They still got a Jose Ramirez, who's been, you know, back to his old self so far this year, and uh, Francisco Lindor, and um, and Juan Carlos Santana's been pretty good too. So that's they've got a few different guys that have that have had good starts, and um, they've you know their outfield's a bit of a weakness, but you know we'll see with the Indians that they're. You can't forget about them. They were in the World Series just a few years ago, so and oh, yeah, yeah, only yeah. one game back. No, and you got you got to give a shout out to uh to Cookie Carrasco as well. I mean, he's oh, coming back uh, and he's looking absolutely. really good still, absolutely. as well. And hey, the Tigers could stick around if they keep getting those uh those nine straight Ks from Tyler <laughs> Alexander setting an AL oh record for that. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So. The, I, not, topping out at like what 91 miles an hour yeah. on his fastball and, and hey. who says you have to throw 100 to strike yeah. people out these days you locate good and have good breaking stuff i mean that's, that's all you need absolutely uh i mean the white Sox had a really good week at seven and three luis robert has looked um like he's mike trout reincarnated yeah he's pretty much incredible um the royals i mean they're at the basement pretty much what we expected so, yeah, much... hey, uh, sh- a shout out to the Royals real quick though. They've got some good young pitchers. Um, sh- uh, the guy from Florida, Brady Singer. Um, yeah. And um, that a guy, Bubik maybe is his name. Um, he pitched the other day really well against the Cubs, and I kind of followed that game a little bit. 
it, it, I think the Cubs ended up winning that game, but he he pitched a really nice game. And, um, they got some good young pitchers, and they've got guys coming up too, like uh, yeah. Jackson Coauer, and uh, and they've got another lefty. His name's I'm drawing a blank on his name. That's coming up as well, but um, they've got some good some good talent there that's getting ready. Yeah, just gonna just gonna take about a couple years to get that oh, in. Yeah. You know, they're in that rebuild sure. process, so. Uh... We'll hit that. Uh, Oakland. I mean, Oakland's had a really good week. They're nine and one in their last yeah, ten. Yeah, they've they've been great. Um, they've got their best record in the AL, twelve and four. Um, they best record in the league, isn't it? I'm yeah, not a hundred percent sure, but it might yeah. be. Um, they're twelve and four. Yeah. Uh, Colorado's eleven and four. So okay, yeah, and I think Colorado lost. I don't think Colorado's finished today. Maybe they have. I'm not sure, but um, the A's are doing great um their pitching's been keeping up and i mean they've got good players all over the field with um their lineup great defensive team too that's so important yeah it's, it's great I mean, who, who would have thought this you know what what are we 20 not even 20 games into the season and they already have a five game lead in their division yeah um, um and of course you know, they've with, you know smoking the astros this weekend has been big for them too because well, that's uh, their big competition there yeah we'll uh, we'll hit on that series a little bit later on in the show for you guys but uh the rest of the division's been really underwhelming you know texas at five and five yeah. uh seattle at three and seven and uh anaheim at three and seven yeah the angels um you know they had been missing mike trout for a few games with the birth of his son um he's come back and played well but uh the angels haven't i mean anthony rendon hasn't quite been himself otani hasn't hit that well so far we'll touch on him a little bit later on the uh with his pitching injury um but the angels pitching is not really there either and that's not not good for them um the mariners um they've you know they've been all right they've got some they've had some you know some ups and downs they're a rebuilding team um they've had some players that have looked pretty good and look to be developing so that's good for them the rangers um obviously they had lost Corey kluber you know their first their first game of the season or his first start for their team and uh i mean they've got some good pieces but they're just not a complete team yet so uh the a's look to be the class of that division right now and they're gonna be they're gonna be tough to catch i mean we're looking at we're 10 days into or nine nine days into uh august and i mean we've only got a month and a you know, a month and 20 days left in the season. So in the regular season, so the A's, I mean, five games in that amount of time, that's, you know, that's, that's not that much time. That's not that many games. So um, somebody's going to have to step up and chase it down. Of course they have a lot of games. Everyone's got a lot of games against their division. So still that's, that's going to be, it's going to make some of these chases a lot easier to come back, make big comebacks in. Yeah. So we'll jump over to the national league now and kind of just blow through this um you know the marlins are still playing like the 2017 houston astros right here yeah <laughs> just just uh no they're they're doing really well still holding in there um you know we don't know how long this is going to go they don't really have the team that's going to keep up with uh atlanta or anything but i mean seven and three in their last 10 yeah they've lost two in a row um to the mets this weekend and that's been i think the magic might start be starting to fade just a little bit but you know, good for the Marlins. It's good that they're playing um, after having all those players out with COVID and missing a week and, you know, to be able to come back. And, I mean, they swept the Orioles. Um, you know, obviously it's the Orioles, but still, it you know, for that team to beat anybody with the circumstances is incredible. So good for them. Um, 
then uh, I think the Braves are probably still the class of that division, even without the, the with the injury to Soroka, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. Um, the Mets are playing a little bit better. Um, you know, they've got their struggles, but they, um, you know, they've they've got a uh, they've got to figure some things out. But they're you know still in it. Um, the Phillies and Nationals. Nationals are missing Soto or have missed Soto for most of the year, but they have had a rough go of it with their pitching and their pitching. Yeah, Strasburg, Strasburg did not look good today. He did, at not, all. He did not pitch well. He um, gave him five runs. And, and then um, and uh, Max Scherzer, you know, and, going down with his little yes, injury. It doesn't and, look like it'll be too long-term though. So he yeah. should be back pretty soon. But you know, when you're, when you're relying on a, uh, Anibal Sanchez and, and Patrick Corbin is your yeah, top two starters right now. It's just not. It's just not. <laughs> Eric really Fidney. I mean, no offense to them because a couple of them have some talent, like Roth and Fidney. I mean, but they're not, you know, big time players at all. So, um, there there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. Yeah, and, and jump back up to the Phillies. I think I saw today they have the second worst bullpen ERA in the major leagues right now. I think behind the Royals. So. Uh, yeah. It, the that's Phillies, not very great. Yeah, it's not that's not good at all. And bullpen's extremely important, especially with you know one of the rule changes we're going to discuss later. Um, but it's, I mean, the Phillies have put so much investment into their lineup and investment into their starting pitching that hasn't really worked out at times. Um, they've you know they've neglected their bullpen, and when you neglect your bullpen, and then you add on a couple injuries, guys that you know, we're really good when you signed them, but have been banged up and have come back and have got banged up again and are, you know, not themselves like, like David Robert, David Robertson. Um, you just don't know how it's going to end up working out. So, um, but I mean, they're still a talented team. They got a good lineup. They can, they're only, everyone in the East is within four games. So, I mean, anything can happen short season. So. Yeah. And then we got the, uh, the Cubs went eight and two this last week. I don't know how with the way their bullpen is stacked Golly. up. And, uh, you know, Brewers five and five, Reds five and five, which I, I would expect better from the Reds the way that uh, Sonny Gray and Trevor Bauer have been pitching. But I guess everybody else has kind of been kind of letting them down. Um, you know, the Cardinals just had their entire weekend postponed, and just uh, today they announced that their series against the Pirates this beginning of the week is postponed or canceled as well. So. Uh, you know, I think the Pirates are going to be happy to not be playing those games with the after Pirates. going one and nine in their last ten and three and thirteen overall. Yeah, the Pirates are a disaster. Um, yeah, I mean, just they're they're jumping into that whole rebuilding phase as well. You know, they got a lot yeah. of people that are are either banged up or or just not playing, you know, up to par. Yeah. What they really need to. Josh Bell's really taking a step back this year after yeah. what he did last year. Yeah. But uh. You know, we got we're in that that weird spot where we have a lot of those rebuilding teams, um, just kind of kicking it off. You know, the Royals and the Pirates and stuff, tig uh, Tigers, Orioles. So they're yeah. they're going to be at the bottom for a, quite a while, but uh, you know, hopefully they can not keep this going on for too long. Yeah, they'll get um, things figured out. I was overviewing some of the farm systems the other day. I mean, you know, I thought that the Royals had done just wonders for their farm system in the last you know, year or two, and the the Orioles had done a good job as well um, building theirs because they were both in really bad shape, and, and as well as the Mariners. The Pirates still have some good players down there, and, uh, you know, they're, they've, of course, 
they're a little bit newer into their rebuild, but um, yeah. you know they've made some trades in the past few years that have really you know hindered their future while not really being able to go for it. Those, <laughs> Chris <players>. Archer, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then we'll jump to the just kind of the last one and get through this one real quick. The Rockies um, and the Dodgers—they're both seven and three in their last ten, and they've they've both been playing really good baseball, really. Um, it's going to be that, that division is going to be a dogfight, I think between those two. Yeah. And the Padres are sitting there at nine and seven. They're not far behind. They've got some pieces that have been uh, looking really good. So, um, you know, they're Fernando Tatis, obviously, but they've also had, um, some other guys that have stepped up and played well. Um, they had that first baseman that came up this week and hit a couple homers and, um, trying to recall his name as well, but they're, um, Jake Cronenworth. Yes, Cronenworth. Yep. Yeah. Um, they they've got um, they got talent. They got a lot of talent. Tommy Pham's a good veteran player who's yeah been on a lot of good teams. Um, uh, they've got they've got a lot of pieces there. So. Uh, and then the Giants and Diamondbacks just kind of wrap it up where they're both four and six. Um, in their last ten. Yeah, Arizona the Diamondbacks would be to be a lot better, but Bum Bumgarner has not looked good yeah, at all. Not, yeah, um, Bumgarner's been bad. I saw a thing after he got shelled today against San Diego. They said they're the team doctors are going to look into his uh, his shoulder slash elbow area. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what that turns out to be, and we'll update you guys for sure on uh on what the status of Mad Bum is going forward next week. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of the overview of of the standings. We want to kind of have that be a thing where we're starting off with every week, and just kind of give you guys a rundown of of how the league is as an over overview. Um. Let's jump into this whole UNS Cespedes situation, which it really happened this last week after we had already recorded our episode. But, uh, you know, with Cespedes, he just supposedly he up and just packed all his stuff in the hotel, left the team on the road, um, told his agent to tell the Mets that he was opting out of the 2020 season due to COVID concerns after coming back and just, just left them high, high and dry, supposedly, with them not knowing anything. Um, and they, they make a little minor deal to try and help that outfield depth by getting Billy Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was crazy that he, nobody ever nobody knew where he was. I mean, the Mets, he, he was in his – he was in Atlanta, and he was in his hotel, um, and the Mets sent security to his hotel because he didn't report to the ballpark. They couldn't contact him, and he wasn't there. So uh, there were a lot of people who were concerned that he was – you know, his safety was in danger, which obviously it wasn't. Um, but he just decided to leave. I don't know. The Mets really were struggling, and I guess that maybe he was just saying it's not worth this risk. Um, I don't think he's come out to the media and said anything about it, except for that I told my agent to tell him, basically. Um, but that's that's rough. And you know, NSS, but this is a guy that last year, or the, you know, last year he didn't play. The year before last, he had that. I don't think he played at all a year before last. He might have played half the season year before last. Um, but, um, I mean, that's rough. I, and this is a guy that the Mets were really counting on in their lineup. So, the Billy Hamilton's, you know, he's a speed guy. Um, nice depth space. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's a pinch runner, a defensive replacement. He's not going to hit, and he hasn't hit before very well. And um, yeah, that's rough. It's really rough for the Mets though because they were counting on they were everyone was talking about how good their how deep their lineup was going to be not just well, good I mean, but also a deep lineup this and, year kind of it set up perfectly for Cespedes to come back because 
they were going to play him uh, at DH most of the time and, and you know, really keep him off his field or off his feet in the field, and just you know he could just focus on hitting and, and regain his health and everything. And he was actually not looking too bad. I mean, he he had hit a couple home runs. Um, you know, still obviously working off some rust from oh, not absolutely. playing in a year and a half, but. I mean, you could see signs of him really turning into the old Yoenis Cespedes that we know. You know, that's very feared when he steps into the box. And, uh, I mean, it's a big blow for for the Mets. You know, I mean, if you would have got that guy going with their lineup and get Jacob DeGrom and, and Stroman and Mats and them pitching really well, I mean, you could have made some noise. But, I mean, now it's just kind of a, you know, what direction are they going in now? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of issues there, and um, I think Michael Waka uh, went down yesterday as well, and he was a guy that they were counting on in their bullpen, I mean, in their uh, starting rotation. I mean, they had uh, Jacob deGrom, obviously, has been spectacular, as he always is, and uh, they had, you know, they were counting on this year, Stroman, Waka, yep. Porcello, they were counting on some of these guys to have a good year, Steven Matz, and, you know, Porcello's looked awful, uh, Waka looked pretty bad and then he got hurt and Stroman has been hurt. So, you know, it's kind of the same deal with the Mets as they've had for three or four years now where ever since their World Series run in 2015, Just it's injuries, been pitching injuries. injuries and drama with, with their manager and their lineup. I mean, they it's always something with them and uh, they're entertaining, that's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, kind of playing off the whole injuries thing um, that allow us to move into, uh, you know, some bigger injuries that we've had happen over this past week, which is, it's, it's kind of a sad thing for baseball that, you know, these main people are getting injured with, you know, Shohei Otani. I mean, he's a big piece for, uh, for baseball to market. Um, you know, everybody looks forward to Otani day um, yeah. on the pitching side, and, you know, fantastic hitter still, but, Say what you want, you know. Seeing seeing a guy who can get on the mound and, and do that as well, it, he's very exciting and polarizing. And uh, to lose him for the year, I think it's a forearm strain. Is that what they said? It was. I don't remember. It was. It was something like that. I don't remember the specifics. Luckily, it's not a Tommy John surgery that he's going to have to have. Right. It's not a torn UCL because that was the worry from on my end when when I heard he was going down with an arm injury, uh, potentially an elbow injury, was that you know his Tommy John. He because he just got done rehabbing that. Yeah, um, and, and he hasn't. I mean, he did not look good at all this not. year. I mean, he, it's only been two starts, but from 2018, he was a guy who was averaging basically 97 on his fastball. Yeah. He was down three miles an hour to 94 this year. Um, and same thing, you know, if you look at all of his pitches across the board, all of them are about a two to three mile an hour drop. Um, and just not i mean even a couple of his his spin rates on his pitches are have gone down which is yeah. very uh, very concerning yeah well you, you also question you know how his rehab works this because it's, it's unusual for a guy to be in the lineup hitting every day that's a pitcher yeah. especially and, in that being his extension arm exactly so i don't you know i'm not a doctor and i don't want to speculate about anything but it's it's kind of hard to it, it's kind of hard to say whether it's true or not, but you know, it's possible that maybe the, the, the Tommy John, there's a, there's something there with, with swinging the bat every day that, you know, might've, you know, might've affected something in his recovery. I mean, I know that that's not something that's, you know, really thought 
to be the case in most in most of the time. Most you know, if you have a right. catcher that has Tommy John or a shortstop that has Tommy John or something, a lot of times they can hit and rehab it just fine. But you know, we've never had a situation where we've had a, a you know a, an all star talent level pitcher like Otani also be an all star talent level hitter and you right. know and, and and try to hit every day while recovering from a injury like that. So it's hard to say, you know, and, and I don't know too much about it. I've never had a Tommy John surgery or anything. So, um, but it's, you know, that's something that that's such a strenuous recovery for most pitchers that you wonder if that might've affected anything, but, um, hopefully not. And, uh, you know, hopefully this current, um, this, this current, uh, injury is something that he will get over pretty quick. Um, you know, they say, like I said, it's not another UCL injury. It's not going to be a Tommy John surgery, which is very, and very he's still good. available to hit in their lineup. So that's a very good sign is that they're they're not shutting him down from hitting or anything. They, they said, you know, you can run out there and you can hit all you want. It's not going to affect it anymore. Yes. Yeah. So that's good uh-huh. for them as, as well. I mean, you always want a guy like that to be able to stay on the field. But, um, yeah. you know, I think we were talking the other day. He's one injury away from maybe being an outfielder. So, yeah. Or that's, just a just a simple DH even. Yeah, yeah, and that's um, you know that's that sucks to think about. But hopefully it's hopefully his recovery goes well, and next year he'll be able to come back and be as strong a pitcher as we think he can yeah. be. Speaking of hoping they come back and being as strong as pitcher as they can be next year, um, I know this one's gonna hurt a lot for you being a Braves fan, but uh, and and it should hurt for a lot of baseball fans because this guy was a young talented pitcher, uh, Mike Soroka. I mean he. What a horrible, horrible injury to blow out your Achilles, um, and, and especially on your push-off leg. Yeah, it, I think that I think that the the good news is it is his push-off leg because a lot of times you that that injury is something that can be repaired fully, um, and I think a lot of times pitchers will have an issue with trust on their on their plant leg on their landing leg. Um, so that's something that's good that because I was hearing, you know, Adam Wainwright reached out to him because Adam Wainwright dealt with that injury several years ago and was talking to him about about it, and the, you know, the recovery ahead and everything and was talking about his, um, you know, his his lead leg his his plant leg um, having it would be, you know, better or what was was bad. That's the leg that Wainwright had it on. So um, but Soroka, obviously, it's his right leg, which is. You know, I think it's supposedly better. Um, you know, it sucks to lose him. I hope they don't lose him for too long. You don't want to see, like you said, you don't want to see any, you know, guy on any team deal with that. But this guy's a young talent who's, you know, looked at times like he might end up being an ace in the big leagues. He's 22 years old, um, and he's in great shape. He, he worked real hard on his physical condition, and um, you know that sucks. But um, the Angels, uh, you know, having to replace their their injury is it's going to be difficult for them um but they're kind of you know like we were talking about the standings they're a little bit further back of the standings um it'll be interesting to see if they make any moves the braves are the favorites in the national league east right now and uh they lost their pitch their top pitcher which is tough because their rotation already had a lot of question marks so it'll be interesting to see if they make any kind of moves um well, you know, we'll see what kind the, of moves there there is to make. I mean, we don't we don't know what the even the landscape of that market's going to look like. I mean, absolutely. 
there's a lot of a lot of uncertainty about you know especially with the expanded playoffs um you know what's the deadline really going to be like are we going to see any real big you know names on the move i mean and even even solid guys who are on you know short-term deals like there's just not many of those out there and, and teams are going to be more willing to you know try and go for it especially with these expanded playoffs right now than than try and trade you know trade some some controllable or not even controllable starters just some solid innings eaters yeah i think the in my opinion and and there's no i don't have any like sources or anything behind this but my opinion is that teams will want to go after controllable guys because they want a guy that you know if this season ends up having an issue with covid and getting shut down or you know something weird happens because we've got this expanded playoffs they want a guy that if they're going to put an investment into somebody trade prospects they're going to want a guy that's going to be around next year too so i think you're going to see it be a little bit tougher to trade guys on one-year deals like in the past where you might have a rental but in the it's going to be easier to uh, trade a guy who is maybe uh, you know got a couple years on their deal or is a guy that's in arbitration or something where you know you might be able to that might be a little bit more of a seller's market because got that a team might want to invest in okay well we're good this year let's go ahead and get this guy that we might want to trade for in the off season and so next year he's going to be in our plans i think that yeah. might be something you see a little bit more of but uh, i'm interested to see what will happen because i honestly have no idea and you know we're sitting here 10 games into the season 15 games into the season and we are about 20 20 games from the trade deadline so. yeah we're only really uh, about three weeks from uh from tomorrow yeah exactly really. so, three weeks yeah. from tomorrow is that is that uh that trade deadline so we'll it's definitely going to be an interesting and awkward one, but we'll see what uh see what really happens there. Absolutely. Um, Stanton went down today again with a ham or no, it was yesterday with a hamstring injury. Um, yeah, he always has hamstring injuries. Um, I hope this one is not as bad as some of his other ones because those have really hampered him in the past of just zapping his power and and him just getting really off sync with his swing and and just. He, when he comes back from those, he always looks lost, you know, and it was so refreshing and so good to finally see him get back into MVP Stanton form, you know, hitting those home runs close to like how he hit 60 that one year pretty much. And uh, it just, it's a big blow for the Yankees as well because him and Judge were looking really good. Yeah, that is, that is going to hurt the Yankees because um, Stanton was playing really well so far this year. But um, you know, that's something where Stanton's had this history for the last three or four years, so I can't say that it's I'm shocked. I mean, one thing that I, I kind of want to touch on as well and get your opinion on too, Damien, is that um, we have a lot of injuries so far this year because we've talked – these few that we've talked about, um, you know, some that happened the first week like Kluber, Stroman, um, you know, and then this week not only these that we've talked about, but you have like Scherzer with a minor injury that – you know, kind of messed up his hamstring a little bit, but it sounds like he's going to be fine. Um, Strasburg haven't been hurt. Um, you know, you had, um, you had Ozzy Albies go on the DL with a, or the IL with a, uh, little wrist problem. Um, you've got a lot of guys that have been getting banged up here early, all-star caliber players. And I'm hoping that it's not something to do with having a short spring training, uh, or summer camp, as they called it. Uh, but I want to I want to hear what your opinion is on that. Do you think that that has anything to do with you know the the shortened the shortened camp? 
I, I really don't think it does. Um, I think it's just kind of the way the injuries happen usually in a season. You know, we always usually have quite a bit of bigger bigger names um, still on the injury list. I mean, baseball is still a grind. Oh yeah. Um, I don't I don't really think it's anything. I mean, the people that you really see injured. I mean, outside of um, you know, like Soroka, like Scherzer, the past couple years he's kind of shown some injury problems. You know, same things Otani and Stanton and. I mean, Stroman's usually a gamer, but, I mean, he just suffered a little tear in his calf. So I don't think you can really – I don't know what that would have to do, you know, with a, with a shortened camp per se because he was looking really good in camp until that happened. Um, and he's always somebody that, that can, keeps up on his work and his fitness very, very well. Right. Um, so I don't think it really has anything to do with the shortened camp. I just think it's, it's more of a, the unfortunate events. You know, maybe it has to do with – the COVID restrictions and, you know, players not really getting out there and, and stretching enough or doing enough workouts or, or anything to keep their body limber. I mean, maybe it's something to do with that, but I, I don't think it has anything to do with the really, uh, the shortened camps. I mean, I would, if you're looking at like velo drops and stuff like that, I would say that more has to do with pitchers not being built right. up enough. Um, but, but definitely not. I don't think the injuries are, are anything of summer camp. Right, and I think managers, for the most part, have done a really good job of limiting pitchers, uh, starting pitchers' innings. Uh, I saw something yesterday or day before that this was the first time in big league history that at this point in the season, or I, I mean, obviously, at, I, don't, I think at any point in the season, that um, pitch, starting pitchers averaged fewer than five innings per start. Um, and that's something that we're seeing a lot of. I've seen a lot of pitchers get pulled at 70, 75, 80 pitches. And I think uh, that has a lot to do with that as well. Maybe trying to help yeah. prevent some injury. And, I, I think that um, has to do with the summer camp and, and the not much yeah. time to ramp back up. Um, you know, the, the Bueller's had a lot of that. Um, yeah. Just from my personal side of the games I'm able to watch. But but kind of going into those shortened games and stuff, that, that kind of – is a perfect segue into uh, this new rule change that came um, down from Rob Manfred this week, and that is to make double headers um, this year seven inning games instead of a full nine. Yeah, that's interesting, um, and it's definitely something that strategically teams have have, have maybe differed on. Um, you know, we had um, you know the Orioles and the Marlins. I think were the first ones playing that double header. Um, this week and uh it was interesting you know the braves and phillies played two today because they had a rain out on friday and um it's been at the tigers i think have played a couple as well um, tigers reds played some tigers reds played some because of rain outs so it, it's it's interesting because it, it's it's hard for to manage the pitching what what's going to happen because i know that i think trevor bauer threw a complete game the other yeah, day he threw a seven inning so, i think he threw like 12 strikeouts or something so it, it's really interesting how, how to balance your bullpen versus your starting pitching in, in those games. Because uh, you could also pitch, if you think about it, if you get a pitcher through two innings and if you have a really strong bullpen, that's almost like getting your starter through five innings yep. in, a, in a regular game. If you get a pitcher through three innings, so you really can you know, manage that differently. And, uh, and and if you got a deep bullpen, you know, you can almost make it a bullpen game without any penalty. But if, on the other hand, if you've got a weak bullpen and you got a really good starter, someone like the Reds with, with uh, Trevor Bauer the other day and, and 
teams like maybe the Nationals as well could be a, a, another example with, with their pitching rotation. You know, you might plan on a guy throwing a complete game or, or maybe the Mets with Jacob deGrom. If he starts one of those games, you're probably going to have a complete game. So um, it's I, I think it's interesting to see how teams manage that, you know, from here on. I know the Braves today called up a triple A guy, uh, Gascar Yanoa, uh, yeah. to start that game for the Soroka injury. Um, and basically made it a bullpen game. And and you've got all these teams like the Rays and the Padres have done in the past and, and, and other teams as well with openers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's a perfect example of a, a time to use an opener where it doesn't penalize your bullpen at all. Right. So um, it's really interesting to, that that rule change. And I don't I do not like it for future seasons. I don't, I don't think it's something that I would like to see next year or either year after. You know, but... I I kind of thought the same thing, but um, I I think it's kind of growing on me some more. Um, you know, when doubleheader games, I mean, they're very very hard on on teams and players really. Um, to play at the at the top level at the height of your of your talent and everything, and to do that for 18 innings in a game, I I just or in a day, I mean, it's it's very hard. Um. You know, I'm, I've usually not been somebody that really likes what Manfred has done and everything, but I really do think that these seven-inning doubleheader games, it, it could be a thing that's here to stay, honestly. Um, and, and I don't think I would be too objective to it. I mean, I, I do like nine, in, nine innings. I do like the game of baseball, but I, I, I think just from a, from a team st- uh, perspective and, and a player's perspective, I think the seven innings might be a good thing for baseball. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't especially like it because it takes out a lot of the, um, you know, it takes out a lot of the value of having a, a starter go deep into a game and, or, or having a good bullpen. It, you know, I think it's a lot fewer innings to cover for the pitching. So it, it really affects how you can manage that in a way that I don't think is great for the game in the future. Um, and, and of course, I, I think that, you know, on the, on the point of you've got your, you know, your players, that are playing, you know, 18 innings in a day or, or maybe more if a game goes extra innings. Um, I definitely think that, you know, there's something that could be said for that, but you also have a, a you know, extra players for doubleheader games. So yeah, but you're only you allowed know, one extra extra player. So, Most of the time, that's a pitcher. Right. Most so you could potentially expand that is, is kind of what I'm thinking is maybe to expand your extra players. If you've got a 28-man roster like like we do right now to maybe allow two extra players you got 30 and then you've got your you know you've got probably six bench players you got another bench player so i think it's it's something interesting um you know there's definitely definitely right now the seven inning games are a big deal because i, I do 100 percent agree you cannot have double headers three days in a row and not expect players to get either yeah fatigued or or based on their you know being fatigued injured um, well i think so, i think it's like when i was watching the phillies game phillies versus braves earlier i think they were saying that the phillies have a i think it's at one point it's like 11 games in seven days exactly or something with with these double headers in there right and, so you have to have you have yeah. to have shortened shortened uh games for, for that yeah. there's no way you're going to have a team that covers 
you know, 11 no. nine inning games, so 99 innings in uh in seven days. So that's that's just way that's, too. That's much. a lot, yeah. So and and those hitters with all those swings are gonna get fatigued and you know having mm-hmm. to warm up for every game, playing defensively, especially and then and then pitcher, pitching wise, yeah. You're gonna yeah. your bullpen's still gonna get taxed at that point. So um, yeah. And you're talking about possibly having to have starting pitchers throw, you know, you're talking about 11 games in seven days. You're, you're talking about having, you know, your starting pitchers throw probably each of them throw twice in that seven days. So, um, you know, you're going to want to ha- limit them to, you know, a three or four inning start and maybe like 50 or 60 pitches so they can come back on short, short rest. Yeah. Um, so that's something where, and, and it's definitely better if it's within a series, I believe too. Um, hopefully we don't have many more of these, you know, COVID postponements because I think that's what really can put you in a bind with those. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, rainouts are kind of the thing right now that you know I think that affects because most teams aren't having the COVID issues. Um, well, I mean the Phillies are still dealing have. with the COVID thing. They are, they are, um, and, and the Cubs are going to deal with it a little bit. But most teams are losing three games from that that they need to make up. But you've got two teams that are losing lots of games like like the marlins they're, they're gonna have yeah. to make up a lot of games the cardinals have only played five games right as of right now so yeah yeah you know, other teams have played 15 they're gonna have to make up like 10 games on everybody so yeah uh or, or close enough to it for them to have a winning percentage that's comparable so yeah uh, it's gonna be really interesting to see how the league deals with that yes for sure um and, and speaking of of how the league is going to deal with things let's get into this uh this brawl today against the Astros and, and Ramon Laureano pretty much from the Oakland A's. Um, so pretty much the backstory is it's it's still the Astros 2020 shame tour, um, just with no fans. But uh, the Astros had hit in this series alone Ramon Laureano, I think it was three times overall in the series and twice today. And the second time Laureano kind of took some offense to it, you know, and wanted to kind of talk, say something to the pitcher and Obviously, COVID reasons, they're all trying to keep everything, you know, distanced and, and avoid the benches clearing stuff. So the umpire's, like, walking him down, and they're all kind of trying to talk about it and, and what's going on. And Loriano gets to first base, and the, I think it's the hitting coach or the assistant hitting coach, it's Alex hitting Cintron, yeah. um, he started mouthing off to Ramon Loriano at first base, and you know, kind of just jabbing at each other, jabbing at each other, and and started waving him over like, hey, if you want it, come on, get it. And Loreano's like, dude, go away, go away. And he keeps saying something, and finally he said something. I don't know what it is. Um, we'll have to wait for the John Boy breakdown to actually know what he said. Um, and pretty much Loreano just got fed up and started charging the dugout, and the hitting coach jumped behind three players Yeah. and, and had – Basically, the players start going after Loriano, and it was a big benches clearing brawl. Um, you know, it, it kind of got sorted out pretty quickly. But you know, if we saw eight game suspensions and stuff like that for Joe Kelly and and the Dodgers and Astros not even, you know, really getting into a brawl, more of a just benches clearing and kind of conversation type deal, I cannot wait to see what the uh, the punishment is for this. For it was actually physical contact yeah. in this COVID uh, era. So. First off, I think it's pretty crazy that teams now, it's not rushing the mound anymore. It's rushing, rushing the, the entire dugout. damn dugout. And you got guys like, a, you know, Amir Garrett was the one that did it last year. And it's just, I think that's kind of crazy. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I think that, like like we talked about last week with, with the, 
you know, with the Joe Kelly situation. Um, I think that it's very important for Major League Baseball to – for this season to go on and to continue. These players don't probably don't have COVID, and there's probably nobody that's going to catch it from that because most of them are, you know, are healthy and have been tested a lot and everything. But I think the biggest thing is the optic of it. It's going to be really hard to deal with, and Major League Baseball has got to get it in these guys' heads. They've got to get it in these managers' heads to – they're going to have to crack down on it because, you know, you can't have a physical all-out physical altercation like that. And, you know, it sucks that Loriano got hit. But, I mean, and the Astros hitting coach is being a, being a dummy by trying to instigate it. But, you know, you can't go charging into the dugout and, you know, trying to fight somebody right now. It, it, that doesn't matter if someone's trying to instigate it. It doesn't matter if you got hit by a pitch. You just you can't do it. So um, I would be angry if I was Loriano too. But um, I think that um, – I think that both, I think that hitting coach needs to be suspended because why is the hitting coach mouthing out at the players trying to start a brawl? And I do think that Ramon Laureano needs to have a a couple games. And um, I don't see how you can't, you know, put a little bit on this on Dusty Baker too, because he is the manager and this is the second time nobody else has had issues with this. We've seen, we were talked about last week as well, the the Reds manager going out there with a, uh, or the the Pirates manager going out there with a, uh, putting a mask on before arguing. You got to think right now and you got to, there's a lot of consequence to things like that that are happening. And um, I think it's important for baseball to continue this year for that to be, you know, dealt with and, well, and the problem here, the problem is, is the Astros think that they've done nothing wrong and that they are completely fine with it and that none of the players are getting any punishment for it. So they're fine. You know, their their punishment was with the manager and and the GM and, and just draft pick fines and stuff like this. But that's just that's not realistic. If you look around the game of baseball, there are 29 other teams and 29 other teams of players on the field that personally feel cheated and and feel a victim of of the, the Astros stealing their signs and succeeding from it and not getting any any discipline or anything from it so to be sitting here and and especially I mean I know this doesn't have anything to do with them the Astros players getting hit but to have Dusty Baker pretty much just come in and be like well you know we we got our punishment and and that's all and we you know we shouldn't need anything else like dust you just guys are just putting a target on your back even more now and when you have a hitting coach who has nothing to involve with the game at all um going on there and mouthing off to a player and stepping out of the dugout onto the field to jab at a player that is that is very uncalled for and i mean me personally i think he should be suspended for the year um, there's there's no need for that right now in the game, especially as short of a leash as the Houston Astros yeah. are already on from around the league's perspective. Um, I just I, I don't that's me. I, I think he should be gone for the season. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's one of those things where you can't know for sure what was said, what the history is between maybe some of these specific players and and whatever. Um, you know. I think that this probably didn't have too much to do with the with the whole uh, sign stealing scandal, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean the Astros they they got to they got to clean up their act a little bit, 
And I think, like I say, it's, it's got to start. Dusty Baker came in to – I understand him protecting his players because, you know, he's got to keep his clubhouse together. That's his job. But that's right. what he's getting paid to do. Uh, but he's got to also keep him in check. So, you know, you can't have your pitcher out there hitting people. I don't know if he hit him on purpose. Um, I know that there's some people who think he did. There's some people who think he didn't. But um, I, I think that, you know, you you can't have in this COVID in this COVID era, you can't have players charging. And I think if you're, if you're instigating it, especially as a coach, um, you know, I think that that's a problem too. But yeah, um, I think both of them should be in, in trouble for that. And I think this is the second problem. This is the second bitches clearing issue that the Astros have had this year. Mm-hmm. So that should that should go for something where that's that's a problem because there's not I don't think we've had another benches clearing altercation especially one in which there's actual contact made except for those those two no. so um, you know teams are being a lot of teams are being very careful uh, with stuff like that but this team you know apparently is you know, and and to me the Astros um, are already getting off easy this year as it is with no fans um well, yeah you know, I mean they're, they're going to have fans next the next time they have fans they'll get their you yeah, know, I'm just saying so far this year. Yeah, but... um, so, yeah, it's just who knows with the way Manfred deals with it. What, what's probably going to happen <laughs> is is Loriano's probably going to get a 50-game suspension and then Centron will get a raise, knowing how Manfred works with things. Yeah, I mean, so, there's, uh... there's no telling with Manfred, but but I do think that both Manfred uh, – that Manfred should give both guys a suspension for you know a couple games and definitely give – I think Dusty Baker, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to get it. I don't know if a suspension's necessary there because he's a respected guy and he's been around the sport for a long time. But you're gonna have to get it in his head that this cannot happen again. Well, he and it should have gotten in his head last time. Yeah, he got suspended for his role with the Dodgers one. So you got to think he's for yeah. sure getting another suspension for this. I thought, I thought that was just Dave Roberts that got that got it from that one. Oh, did yeah, it was Dave Roberts. Huh? He got a uh, Baker got a fine. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So um, that's that's kind of the thing. Like you're gonna so have Bob to get in his head somehow. But. Is Bob Melvin gonna get a, a suspension? Well, I mean, I I don't know. Um, I think the that's biggest what... the biggest issue there is that you know Bob Melvin that was a that was something where he had a player that got hit. His player didn't instigate anything until he charged the dugout. So it's not like a call where you know sometimes you'll have a manager that's you know, supports a player going out and hitting somebody, you know, whether they right. should or shouldn't. Um, but I don't think Melvin's supported going charging the dugout. And, but I mean, yeah, I, I, there, it's a one-time offense. So, um, you know, it's not like Dusty Baker. This has happened twice with the Astros. Right. Um, but it, it's, it's a one-time offense. So I think that maybe a one-game suspension, which, I mean, the one-game suspension is not that much. I mean, you know, he could have right. got kicked out in the first inning. It would have been the same thing. So. All right. So uh, enough of the Astros on that one. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're going to have many talks about them this year. Yeah, but uh, let's just kind of give a quick rundown. Um, we're, we want to make this a segment that we end on every week um, and just kind of give – our players of the week will each give one uh, one hitter and one pitcher, and just kind of do a little, real brief uh, overview of you know kind of their last week. Um, so for my hitter, I am going with Fernando Tatis Jr. from the San Diego Padres. Um, I think he just hit another home run today to tie for the uh, lead in the major leagues with homers. Uh, he has five homers in this past week. Um, you know, and and his average, he's hitting 375, 
that would have been a sixth. That would have been a sixth home run today of the, of the week, right? Cause yeah, it would have been a sixth. Yeah, the, our yeah. stats haven't updated for today's games because there's still a game yeah. going on. Um, you know, this this past week he only has a um a 308, which is batting average and balls in play, which pretty much takes out um anything of a strikeout, a hit, a home run, kind of just whatever ball he hits into the field of play. It says he should have only hit 308 this week, and he hit 375. So, I mean, he's actually even got a little bit luckier um, because of those home runs. But, I mean, he's been uh, he's been on fire this week. Yeah, um, you know, you look at a guy that, you know, he's put up in, in the wins above replacement column almost a full win, win above replacement this week, which is crazy. Yeah. So, so um, who do you got? Yeah, so so mine, I I want to just kind of shine a light on somebody who you know people don't really talk about too much. Um, I was gonna talk about Max Kepler from the Twins. Um, he had a really okay. good week and and 32 plate appearances. Um, he had an almost a 20% walk rate and a less than 10% strikeout rate this week, which is really really solid. Um, he you know he hit a 320, 438, 680 slash line, um, which is very very good. Um, he had a 202 WRC plus, which is actually uh, actually means that he has been twice as good as the average hitter in the big leagues. That that's that you know it's a way to judge hitters based on you know the average hitter being a hundred. So he's been you know 102 percent better <laughs> than uh, the average hitter this week, and um, he's also done that while not being the luckiest guy. You know, a 286 Babbitt. Or the batting average on balls in play is, is pretty low. He's a guy that's probably going to typically run over a 300 batting average on balls in play. So, you know, having a 320 average with, with that low of a, a batting average on balls in play means that, you know, his true, what he could have done this week could have even been better than that with a little bit more luck. So this is a guy that, you know, the twins, he's, you know, been a good player for a while, um, good outfielder. Um, that's been, um, he's, he's had a really good week and, and he's having a good year again. He's, he's he's a good player. So, well, now we're going to move on to our pitchers, um, and we got. I'm on my end. I'm going with a, a pretty obvious one, uh, Trevor Bauer, from the Reds. We kind of already hit. He threw a a, a complete game shutout in one of his, which was a seven innings, and his other one was a was a six inning, pretty dominant as well. Um, I think he only gave up I think one run in that. Um, which gives him a uh, a point six nine nice ERA on the uh, on the week. Um, you know he's got a point six WAR. Uh, he had a thirteen point five K per nine this week, which kind of just means averages out to his uh his strikeouts per nine innings is is a uh, over thirteen. Um, you know a two walk rate, which you'd like to see that be a little bit lower, but with Trevor Bauer, I mean his stuff is is so good that he's gonna get that sometimes. Um, but one of the stats, he had a hundred percent left on base percentage. I'm leaving a which lot of guys on base. He 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 was leaving a lot of guys on base this week. Um, so that's very good, you know, getting out of those jams and stuff. So uh, mine for this week is going to be uh, Dallas Keuchel. Um, he had a really really good start for the White Sox. Uh, pitched seven innings. Um, one walk, eight strikeouts. Um, that's a great outing for him. He's a guy that last year missed half the season with, you know, being holding out, um, not being signed in the off season. Then, you know, kind of had an up and down uh, season with the Braves before, you know, signing with the White Sox in the off season. And, you know, I was not a, not exactly expecting him to come out and have a great season, but uh, 
that is a uh, that's a really good outing. He only gave him one run um, in that outing, um, so that that's 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 good for the White Sox because they've got a couple good pitchers, you know, with Giolito, and uh, you know, being being so good, and you know, this kind of gives them another guy that's, um, you know, how to, having a good outing is and Dallas Keuchel's a former Cy Young winner and a former a guy who's pitched extremely well, you know, in multiple seasons and has had one year where he wasn't great because in a, in a shortened season last year. And, you know, it's good to see him have a, have a really good season. And, and I also want to shout out real quick, the, uh, the Rockies pitchers, uh, Herman Marquez and Anthony Sensatella, Antonio Sensatella have been really, really good, uh, the past couple weeks. And that's, um, that's that's a big deal because you know the rock. Nope, oh, sounds like we we lost Matt right there. Um, as he was hitting on you know Herman Marquez and Antonio Sensatella, um, Colorado being a really tough place to hit. It's a uh, so definitely a shout out to those guys for those uh those those outings. Can you hear and, me again uh, now? Yeah, we got you back now. Okay, sorry about that. Um, yeah. Uh, both of those guys have, have have had good outings the last couple of weeks, um, so that that's been that's important for the Rockies because, like I said, they've never really had you know outside of a, a one off season from a couple different guys, they've never really had great pitching. So uh, that's important for them to have outing an outing like that from a couple guys. So, well, alrighty, I think that will wrap it up for us this week. Um, yeah. We will uh, we'll be back next Sunday recording another episode. Uh, and just kind of hit on the other top stories for the weeks. Leave us your guys' players for the weeks um, that you guys think, and uh, yeah. we'll, we might bring some of your suggestions into uh, into our next episode. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, we'll, um, you know, we've got a lot of lot going on this week, a lot of good baseball to be played. Hopefully we get to see the, the Cardinals return to the field. I know they've got their, their – uh, their series against the Pirates seems to have been postponed, but maybe later in the week they'll they'll be returning, and you know hopefully some of those Marlins players that have been out or you know have a good recovery. And you know the biggest thing though this week is I hope we don't see any more injuries because that was it's been a rough couple of weeks to start the season injury wise. So I hope we don't see any more injuries, and I hope we don't get any more COVID cancellations. Absolutely, absolutely. Alrighty, we'll talk to you later, Matt. All right, I'll, I'll talk to you, and uh, everyone have a great week. I'll see you guys.